Welcome to the Moving Forward podcast. And today we have one of our recurring co-hosts, Tom Leung of Nerds for Yang fame. Rhea, what's going on? How you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I'm doing I'm doing pretty great, actually. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, it's a little bit of a nail biter watching Yang's Bayoral campaign. So I, I thought I would come on and we could pick each other's brains about what's going on with that. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, last time you were on, he was kind of probably up by 10 plus points and, uh, you know, looked like he was going to sail on to win. And, you know, right now it seems like it's uh, Adams versus Yang with Garcia kind of spiking. Yeah, I was actually kind of surprised. I listened to 538's uh, mm-hmm. coverage of it the other day, and I was sort of surprised to see that they were characterizing the three front runners as the moderates, um, which I... <laughs> what's your take on that i mean is that true is that not true to what extent what does moderate even mean you know i mean i think i think yang defies the normal kind of boxes that you put people in i mean obviously ubi is not a traditional moderate position and he has a lot of other like kind of similar things to land value tax like i don't i don't think you could classify him as like a bloomberg moderate um, however, he also is not a classic quote unquote, like, you know, ultra progressive to the extent that, you know, he is pushing hard for a green new deal or a federal jobs guarantee, or, you know, like he's not like Bernie either. And I, I don't, I think they, they consider him moderate pri- pro- primarily because he is supportive of public private partnerships and that he, you don't often hear him talk about private enterprises as the the cause of all of our problems. Like, of course, he believes that they should be taxed appropriately, but that, I guess, in New York makes you a moderate if you uh, don't demonize corporations, right? Well, and, and New York has a history of electing conservative Democrats as mayors or moderate Democrats or uh, liberal Republicans as mayors, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I guess in a way, I was actually kind of, happy to see 538 describe Yang that way Um, because I think part of the reason why the media and the democratic establishment have been reacting so strangely to Yang, if we can talk about that for a second Mm -hmm. um, is because as you said, it is difficult to uh, pigeonhole him into the traditional spectrum. Right. Mm And, and, I I wonder if well it'll be interesting to see whether Yang wins because as you said I mean he had a, a two digit lead over over the person in second place and now that's uh, disappeared and and now he's fighting it out with three front runners mm-hmm. um, but he he had the most name recognition going in so it kind of made sense that early on before people yeah. really started paying attention we kind of knew that it would it would go down a little bit. Um, but it'll be interesting to see whether he pulls it off because if he does, then people will be asking themselves, boy, what did this guy who came out of nowhere, um, who went from being a nobody to being the celebrity candidate to being mayor, what did he do? Right. Right. Yeah. But if he doesn't pull it off, um, then of course it'll be, well, he didn't brand himself right. Um, progressives didn't like him because he, he, he wasn't uh, socialist enough. Uh, the Democratic establishment didn't like him because he was too anti-establishment. Um, and and so given that his ideas are a little bit heterodox in some ways, but in other ways are actually extremely 
um, cautious of conserving. I mean, I think Yang is motivated by wanting to preserve our institutions. So I, let's let's talk about the data for a second, Tom, but then mm. maybe we can talk about how he might have branded himself differently, but I'm reluctant to say it would be better at this point because who knows how it's going to play out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, the purple line here is Yang, and you can see February, end of February, he really peaked at around 35%, and right now he's kind of uh, looks like just under 20 and that orange line is uh, Garcia. And it's pretty clear that she got a nice bump uh, after the New York Times uh, endorsement because I think there were probably a lot of undecideds that were that maybe, you know, like if you like Yang, you know, early, you don't kind of think lo like you don't take it doesn't take months to consider Yang. So I, I would imagine the people who are for Yang, they came out right out of blocks pro Yang. And then all these undecided started to go to other folks like uh, a little bit of Adams, but a lot of it looks like a lot of Garcia. Um, but then Adams, you know, he's the turquoise line. He's kind of holding on. And uh, between the three of them, you know, this is where rank choice voting will really kind of uh, uh, tell the tale. I guess we'll see what how it works. But I, part of me worries a little bit for Yang in that he might be one of those candidates where you you love him or you rank him low. I don't mm -hmm. know what like what kind of person puts Yang as number two. Like if you're gonna put him at number two, you probably should just put him at number one. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like he he he. There aren't a lot of like lukewarm Yang people. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I I thought rank choice would be to his advantage early on because I thought he's so likable and affable but he's been positioned as this outsider, you know, uh, neophyte um, with kind of crazy ideas that you either take a leap of faith with him or you kind of write him off completely. Whereas a Garcia, she's like a perfect number two candidate. She doesn't really, you know, she ran sanitation. So, you know, like she knows how to get stuff done. She doesn't take bold positions one way or another, really. And uh, she's not quite as, like, she doesn't have a lot of the baggage that, let's say, Adams or Stringer do in, in terms of their personal activities. Um, so she might be, she might do really well and be the number two for, a, for like, all the other, the long tail candidates and, and rack up over 50% at the end of the day. Who knows? Yeah, well, they've they've done some polling where they ask people to rank, rank the candidates, although yeah. we don't have a lot of experience doing that kind of polling. And I I, I understand some of the bigger pollers were afraid to try because they don't want they, well, they yeah. get it catastrophically wrong in a very important election. Um, so what do what do we know data wise about how people rank people, Tom? You must know that. <laughs> oh, you know what? It's, it's funny you ask. Let me pull up some data. Hold on. Uh, share screen, Chrome. Here is the last uh, survey done March, May 24th. And this is the top choice. Uh, Garcia gets 21%. Yang gets 16. Adams gets 20. But then the number two row is what percent of number two choices does each candidate get? And Garcia gets uh, 23%. She gets more number two ranks than number one ranks, interestingly enough. Whereas Yang gets 17% and Adams gets 22. 
So, you know, if you run, if you keep kind of going down the line and do the simulation, I think based on this poll, she would have gotten first, Adams would have gotten second, and Yang would have finished third. Yeah. So, I mean, that's one poll. It's one, and this is before the last debate. I think in the last debate, Yang showed a little feistiness to his credit. Garcia either strategically decided to write, like just let everybody fight and not say much, or what for either, you know, she did it because she wanted to or because she just didn't feel, you know, like uh, she had the opportunities to speak a lot. But she kind of let Adams and Yang kind of duke it out. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. I mean, I felt I felt like Adams is. I I when I read his resume, when the campaign started, I was like, oh, wow, this is an interesting dude He's a former Republican, but he worked in the NYPD. Uh, but is is trying to reform from the inside. He's a borough president. That's a pretty good story, uh, mm. in my opinion. Like, it's an interesting story. Uh, but when I watched the debate, I don't know, he kind of came across a little snarky, a little snide, a little bit, like, dickish. And uh, I don't think that helped him. Well, we'll see. I guess the, we, we don't know what the latest polling post-debate looks like. Yeah, yeah no, it, it looks like uh, Garcia went into it having the momentum um, and is kind of in the lead, but not clearly so. Um, so, yeah, maybe the debate will change things. So let's talk about if, if Yang wins, what do we think he did right um in this race specifically or, or i guess actually really it, you can't talk about yang's mayoral race without talking about his presidential run because that was part of how yeah. he came in so people you know he, he entered the race with a lot of new yorkers already knowing who he was so i guess how he established his brand in the presidential race is also relevant and i have heard that as a pattern of campaigning where you have people running for president and they are a long shot, but they still do it to build up the name recognition to have a shot at consideration for a cabinet role and to build up the donor base and to get practice. And then you run in your state or in this case city mm-hmm. and you've got like you've got sort of training camp through the national campaign. So I would imagine uh, if he wins, we'll look back and say, wow, running for president, building that national infrastructure, getting on CNN and getting mm-hmm. like probably millions of dollars of free exposure that way. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then also, I think he's been pounding the pavement. I think he's, you know, was really out on the streets, knocking on doors and 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 doing events, probably more actively than most of the other candidates especially during the the you know sort of lockdown period i mean i think he was pretty still pretty much out you know very out there i would imagine those would be the three things we would say ah that's part of why he won well what do you think yeah no i agree with that um let me think for a second i guess you know like getting on cnn that's a good example right Mm-hmm. I'm coming at this from the perspective of a lot of the Yang gang wants to blame Yang's loss if he loses on the media mistreating him and the establishment cutting him out. 
But I think that's a very nihilistic, uh, pessimistic, cynical way of thinking. Even if there's some truth to it, it's not going to help you win next time. (laughs) You know, so I prefer to think of it like, all right, the media is going to do what it's going to do. The Democratic establishment is going to do what they're going to do. We can't really control that. So what we can control if we're the Andrew Yang campaign is is what we do, how we brand our guy how we uh, put him in front of the media, how he interacts with the media, how he networks with the media, how he networks with with uh, democratic establishment types, et cetera, right? How do you build those relationships rather than just saying, oh, it's not fair that you're not giving me the coverage that I want, which by the way, reminds me a little bit of a guy named Donald Trump. I'm just gonna say you guys, cut it out. <laughs> um, but so what could Yang have, what, we're talking about what he did well. I mean, I think, I think that going on CNN, um, it really upset a lot of the Yang gang, right? They didn't want him to do it. He was a sellout, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I think it was a very good move. I agree. Uh, I think endorsing Biden and signaling to the establishment that he's not um, that kind of anti-establishment populist, that he's a different kind of reformer. I think that was a good move. So yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that um, to the extent that he has done things to put himself on the right side of the media and the party, those were all good moves. Yeah, you know, the 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 media thing is interesting. I I love that he went on CNN and that to me was a no-brainer. Um I will say that New York Times 538 Morning Joe, a lot of the sort of establishment democratic leaning media mm-hmm. still does not take the man seriously. Yeah. And I think they think of him the way many of us might look at, say, Paperboy Prince. It's like, oh, that's an interesting guy. <laughs> Not really a serious candidate, won't really be, you know, mayor. And I think they might look at Yang the same way. Oh, that's an interesting guy, kind of crazy ideas, won't really be mayor. Um, and it's it's palpable. Like I've I remember when 538 was breaking down the primary and they would just barely talk about yang even though but talk about other candidates who were polling well behind him morning joe when they interviewed him they didn't have any research they were just like oh how are you you know you're giving away free money it's such a gimmick mm-hmm. and so um and the new york times as well there was one piece where it was on the uh, they were talking about specifically about yang and they were saying oh you know he's he's famous for being on joe rogan because he said he's uh, the opposite of Trump as an Asian man who likes math. And you're like, wow, the guy sits for it a didn't, two It didn't hour. have anything to do with his two-hour conversation yeah. about policy. The guy <laughs> literally talks for two hours about policy with follow-up and follow-up and follow-up. And the only thing you take from that whole thing is that, it, that the Asian man who doesn't like math kind of line. And so, um, you know, I think there's a lot of people, not just in the media, but just voters who haven't done their homework on Yang. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it sucks, but that's it doesn't help that what he's known for is something that seems on its face, um, you know, kind of incredulous, like Mm -hmm. what free money. So. You know, it's sort of like if you meet someone, if you if you hear about a movie and you're like, oh, well, that's the one with the with the guy that, you know, whatever, raises goats or something. 
you're like, well, that's a dumb movie, but it might be like an award-winning independent film that has like amazing plot line and characters, but you just know it from like one minor detail. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's my my sense. I'm not happy with the media. I, I feel like, especially New York Times, like I don't know what it is, but every time I read them mention him, it's very, it's definitely skeptical and bordering bordering on dismissive like yeah oh can you believe that yang is in the lead like what is going on and it's like no why don't you write about why he's in the lead and wh what's going on and it, it's similar i will say and i know i know that this could be taken out of context by his opponents but just in the spirit of intellectual honesty i do think yang and trump do have similarities and they can't be put in boxes. You're like, yeah. oh, Trump, he's a Republican, but he's anti-trade. That's weird, uh -huh. you know? And so like he, there's this cognitive Not anymore dissonance. though, he's remade the party and his image completely at this point. <laughs> well, yeah, he, 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 I'm talking about the Republican party before Trump entered the scene. Yeah, yeah, so, no, like, I, I, I get yeah. the comparison, yeah. Yeah, so I think, I think they just don't get it that it's it's sort of like, oh, it's 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 a it's a vegetarian dish, but it has some kind of meat tasting things in it. It's like this impossible burger. They're like, what is that? You know, maybe Yang is the impossible burger. Well, that's one of my pet peeves. It's like if you if either eat meat or don't make up your mind, like vegetables are delicious. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I had some eggplant yeah. the other day. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's great. Um. Boy. All right. So I agree, but I think the correct question we should be asking ourselves is, now that we're on to what did he do wrong um, is, is that, right? I think that there's always going to be some people who aren't going to like you, right? There's going to mm -hmm. be some people in the establishment who like you and some who don't. There's going to be some people in the media who like you and some don't. There's going to mm -hmm. be some centrist or conservative leaning Democrats who like you and some who don't, and there's going to be some progressives who like you and, and who don't at the voter level, right? Um, and so in the end, once again, what can you really control as a campaign? What can we learn from Andrew Yang? What did he do right? We covered some of that. What did he do wrong? I, I think some of the things that he did wrong are, you know, Tom, you and I both come from like a small government uh, kind mm -hmm. of liberal Republican perspective um, or what used to be before, <laughs> before it turned into <laughs> the nightmare that it is now. Um, and which, ma which makes us much more like the establishment Democrats than anybody else in power right now. Um, but there is actually one area, I think, which is almost, it's not even necessarily an intellectual disagreement mm. or a, a policy disagreement per se. I think it's like a, an emotional disagreement. I think that the Democrats being historically the party of big government and su such that even the more pro-trade and more public-private partnership uh, people in the Democratic Party, they do kind of have this visceral emotional belief in government as a way to solve problems. And I wonder if Yang's approach, which is about really taking power away from the government in a way, it's using the government to empower individuals, right? Mm -hmm. To reform a system that currently has a kind of paternalistic attitude toward the poor. Yeah. Um, and that also is sure that it can spend middle-class money better than the middle-class can. Like, oh, well, you're not going to save it. It's not like you're going to use it to pay for your kid's college. So we're going to take it from you because we know how to spend it better and it'll benefit you better. 
Um, and so I guess what I'm saying is in that context, what might Yang have been able to how might he have been able to sell his policy ideas better? Because I think the Democratic establishment and the New York Times are a, a bit elitist and snobbish, um, which, which so am I. I don't judge them for that. Like, whatever, right? Um, but they 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 think that the average voter doesn't care about policy, and I think Yang is proving that they're wrong about that. I think the average voter cares more about policy than they realize, or at least enough of us do, to make a guy go from nothing to, uh, you know, <laughs> doing quite well in the presidential primary, which was shocking, right? And mm -hmm. now might be mayor. Um, so I think that people do care about policy. I think they like long conversations about policy. So the question becomes, could he have sold instead? You know, he did a pretty good job selling regular people on his ideas. What could he have done to sell elites in society better? on his ideas because they're saying, look, this is working for us. I'm doing great. You know, um, yeah. why should we change it? If it ain't broke, why don't, you know, don't fix it. Yeah. I think that is, I mean, the whole premise of basic income is that individuals are in a better position to decide how to allocate resources for their benefit than the a central kind of, government could and um that does challenge a lot of the dogma of the democratic party and and i just um so so i'm not sure that's a debate he wants to have right now <laughs> that's a good point uh, because i think he's right but do we have time to go through like hey because, I mean, there's so many people who have a vested interest in in the system as it is uh -huh. and, and who all have the best intentions. But at the end of the day, like if you're in a current system, uh -huh. you have a natural aversion to change. Yes. And you've been raised and been told and believe that these large government programs are because you're trying to do good. And anybody that's opposed to it wants to screw the poor. So when someone comes right. over and says, hey, I'd like to try a different way, and it may involve less growth or reduction of the programs that you hold dear, the natural reaction is like what Stringer said to Yang, like, well, you're a Republican, you know? And so um, I think it's a tough one. <clears throat> and and there's no, it, it, it does surprise me that the Republican Party has not embraced basic income more because it seems it's so aligned with the notion that people should have more freedom and the government mm -hmm. should is, is inherently inefficient at a lot of things, but they, they, it just hasn't taken any root in the, in the, in the Republican party, even though a lot of Trump voters would dramatically benefit. Like if you're, if you're mm -hmm. in West Virginia or if you're in central Pennsylvania and you're pissed because you see jobs going to New York and San Francisco and Chicago and going to these like sort of um, very elite high paying fields mm -hmm. like you're you're not going to become a uh, machine learning engineer by by some freaking government program like that's no. not going to happen. I couldn't do it. That's not that just I don't have it, you know, and so um UBI does, as we all know, like it introduces power and also spurs kind of small businesses and 
gives people more more options. But yeah. um, so you would think you the said- Trump community would, but but I think it, the whole notion of like, oh, it's a handout, like really pisses people off. I think that the GOP is not, and probably never will be, a party of free enterprise and capitalism ever again. Um, I used to hope that it was could be saved, but I have to say, after the president incited sedition and terrorism, um, and the party had every opportunity, that was the chance. If the if the GOP establishment wanted to break from Trumpism, that was their out. Who could judge them for it, really? Other than Trump's most loyal base, right? Mm-hmm. They are so afraid of you know, one third of one fourth of the American electorate. Um, Cause that's all the people, you know, like 25, 26%, 24% of people in the U S are registered Republicans. About a third of them are hardcore, are hardcore Trump base. They're the people who helped him win the primary the first time around and everybody else preferred somebody other than Trump the first time around. Right. Mm-hmm. They voted for him because they're partisan and because Hillary Clinton was, you know, whatever, whoever, you know, child sex parlor, pizza, something mm-hmm. or other, right. Whatever nonsense. But it was a vote against Clinton, not a vote for Trump. Trump doesn't didn't have very much support until the establishment decided, okay, we're going to defend this guy. We're going to go down the ship. We're going to, he's, he's a sinking ship and we're going to tie ourselves to that ship and we're going to sink or swim with Trump. So now that they've done that, no, I don't think so. I don't think you can be a party of capitalism dependent upon the votes of people in deindustrializing states. Um, I think you need to be able to win in the states where money is being made to be a party of capitalism. So I, I think Yang is running in the right party. And I, I understand your point that um, he, he might not want to have that debate, but I think he needs to. If he if he loses this race, um, he might be done as a politician after that. People might not take him seriously anymore, right? Um, and that doesn't mean UBI as an idea will go away necessarily. I'm sure he's he's he he was never in it for himself. He's in it for the people. So he will continue to do that work and we'll continue to help him. You know, I don't want to be a downer, but I'm saying like, this is his opportunity to make a case for his ideas and why we should reform the Democratic Party's approach to governance. And I don't think you can avoid that conversation by just making it all about helping the poor, because the the the, the deeper intellectual argument for it is what we're talking about. And, and that is an, an idea that is a little bit heterodox. Only because it goes against, as you, as you put it, this dogma that the government always knows better than the average person. I think that conversation needs to be had, and I don't see why the New York mayor race isn't a place to do it. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but if he loses, I'm going to worry it's because he didn't brand his ideas properly. Well, I watched a good chunk of the uh, mayoral debate last or this week, and it's not a thoughtful policy exchange <laughs> you know it's i don't necessarily of, mean debates but yeah i, I take your point yeah and the, like the whole dialogue in the debate and even on the trail is they're not doing two hour sit down fireside chats about the pros and cons of basic income versus like you know large government programs they're they're talking about Oh, didn't you take your kids and wife to your other house in upstate New York during the <laughs> pandemic? Or why did you call this a bodega when it's a small supermarket? You know, whatever. 
And, uh, and you know, you know, all of the uh, Democratic elites all did the same thing. You know that, right? Of course they did. You're going to get yeah. out of the city during a pandemic if you can. You'd be crazy not to. Frankly, yeah. you'd, be putting, you'd be putting your family at risk if you don't, if you can, you know? Yeah. And also I, you're reducing I, the risk of everybody else in the city by reducing the population. What's wrong with that? Yeah. Well, that, that it's all reasonable. It, <laughs> it does. It does. It does land harder with Yang because there already is this like, well, where's he really from? Is he really one of us? You know, Yang Yang's not like us. I think Adam said that that he hasn't had a job like us. And then you wonder like who's us? And why are you why are you saying like what are you going to do next? Are you going to ask for a certified birth certificate? It's so sad. You know, Maya Wiley was born in Washington D.C. She wasn't even born in New York State. She went to school in New Hampshire. Uh, nobody challenges whether she's a New Yorker, but Yang, born in upstate New York, you know, uh, lived in New York City for 25 years, went to Columbia University. Somehow he's not really one of us. And so, you know, it's it's just uh, there's a, that's there's that undercurrent of either conscious or subconscious or unconscious bias mm-hmm. that I think comes with being running for political office as a as an asian american man i just don't i don't think it's a it's a pro it's, it's a character they've never seen before it's just like what yeah Who's this i guy? agree i mean but like what does it really take to take him seriously like imagine if he was a white guy running for mayor um who you know has been a successful businessman he's, he's run a great nonprofit that's done a lot of good um i don't think people would be as skeptical as him i think you're right uh, you know, racism isn't only a problem in the GOP. It's just that the GOP is the place where it's acceptable to say it out loud right now, which is obviously disgusting. But yeah, I mean, it is a problem. It's 100% a problem. And um, the left has this weird idea about oppression and so forth that sees the Asian population as the model minority. Um, maybe it's because they are they 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 exist as evidence against their argument that the only reason that anybody would ever fail is because uh, you know the deck stacked against them because Asian immigrants, including Yang and his family, struggled mightily, but they succeeded, right? That's the American dream. That's a story that Republicans would respond to better than Democrats. And I think you're right. I think that there is something about the Democratic Party's paternalism combined with the way that the model minority idea feeds into their racism that is a problem for him. There's nothing he can do about that. And yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was going to say the other thing that I, I think a lot of people don't realize is that there are a significant portion of Asian Americans living in poverty and yeah. that you, you hear about the Yangs and, and, you know, folks that are doing well in the private sector. But there's a ton uh, of Asian Americans who are struggling. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I, I think that whole model minority thing uh, is there are examples of that plenty, but I think it also kind of covers up the fact that there are a lot of middle class, well, lower ca- lower class, working it's class. It's symptomatic. Asian it's symptomatic of the fact that it's just toxic to think about people that way. You should, mm-hmm. you know, like can we just go back to MLK's vision of judging people as individuals, please? You know, like just yeah. because maybe a disproportionate number of people who happen to come from the same part of the world as you are more successful than average. Doesn't mean that you as a struggling poor Asian person deserve less concern, but that is the way that some people think. Yeah. And that's kind of messed up, isn't it? 
<laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. It's uh well what one thing that I think Yang could do, rather, you know, I'm not a huge fan of um of uh of having the policy, like the deep policy philosophical debate right now with just a few weeks before. Oh, no, know, I'm not suggesting time. you do it at this time. I'm saying like, maybe we should, we should rethink the way that we talk about UBI going forward, right? That maybe yeah. we need to, we, we need to start bringing in more of those establishment Democrat types and more of those liberal Republican types with, with a, a dialogue around UBI that makes it about more than just free money to poor people. Agree. Agree. I also think that um, if he wins and he's able to implement uh, a UBI pilot of the magnitude that he's talking about, and if it works, it will be a, it, it will be a game changer yeah. because right now people hear and they're like, that would that could never, it's, it's as if you said to someone, oh, imagine a world where you'll <laughs> do your shopping on the internet and you'll put your credit card information into these web pages that you don't know who's running it in yeah. the, I remember like in the, the you know, like mid nineties, people were like, well, that will never happen. People will never put a credit card information in the internet or people will <laughs> never buy. How can you buy shoes over the internet? Don't be I ridiculous. know some older people who are still nervous about that. But. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and well, you know, there, there are, I, I was telling my mom, I'm like, people buy houses over the internet. It's, <laughs> it's, it's you know anyway yeah, yeah you're yeah, more yeah. likely to get in get in trouble because some random person calls you on the phone <laughs> well that's for darn sure yeah so um it could be that if we have ubi working in a in a, a, a major city like new york and it's showing mm -hmm. positive results i mean it'll go from that will never happen to well why don't we do that in chicago or why don't we do that in la or why don't mm -hmm. we do that in in allentown pennsylvania you know yeah, no, I, I think we agree. If Yang wins this, um, it, it certainly increases his odds of becoming president, and it certainly increases the odds that we get a, a national UBI. I think that's true. Yeah. I'm yeah. just saying, like, what what could he have done to brand himself and his ideas differently from day one in order to in order to possibly have done better? Uh, you know, I, I'm coming at it from a perspective of instead of blaming the institutions, um, which is which which is a, a very dangerous kind of populist instinct that can be used to justify tearing institutions down, which is not a good thing, right? Mm -hmm. We have professional journalist class and standards of journalism for a reason, but there are people, including a lot of people in the Yang gang who, who don't, who distrust professional real journalists, um, but they will believe something that's written on some random blog by some nobody because it reinforces their preconceptions, right? Yeah. Um, and so I think we need to be careful not to, not to buy into that narrative. I'm not saying that the mainstream media is perfect, of course. Um, and, you know, I, I'm just going to say this. Fox News is part of the mainstream media, and they are pretty bad misinformation promoters. Um, but, you know, like, what could what, what's more productive for us is to say, look, the system works the way it works. How do we win within this context? And so I'm, I, I, I hope that the Humanity First movement can... Uh, can be realistic about learning lessons. I, 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 I don't want to. I mean, like it's entirely possible Yang could still win. Let, let, let's uh, let's move to something more positive. What what could he do? Actually, really quickly before we move to what could he do to turn this around? Do you think the uh, Israel Palestine comments and subsequent dial back was a mistake or not? 
Yeah, I think it was a mistake. I think they made a calculated risk and they miscalculated. I think they said, hey, we need to, we've got this chart where the purple line's going down. Yeah. The Maybe they have some internal poll. I have no idea. I have no no visibility into their internal operation. I'm just speculating. But I would, I would imagine, hey, we've got some internal polling mm-hmm. showing that the Jewish voters are concerned about how strong or pro-Israel you are. Mm-hmm. You need to you know you need to make it clear that you're you're you you, uh, you understand their their view. Mm-hmm. So just put out the tweet. It goes out, and and I think they knew there would be some backlash. I yeah. don't think they. I think they misread what's happening within the U.S. and particularly within the Democratic Party, yeah. which is the whole pro. Uh, pro-Israel equals you are not anti-Semitic. Mm-hmm. That 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 model is 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 falling apart, and mm-hmm. I think people are starting to have a more nuanced view, which is I can be, I can think of Jewish Americans as equals, and I can acknowledge the ama- like the 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 incredible tragedy uh, of the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. And also not be pro Netanyahu. I do oh. not need to genuflect to the Likud party yeah. and bless everything they're doing in the occupied territories. Mm-hmm. And that's a more nuanced view that like, wait a minute. And it's, it, I mean, the Europeans have had a more balanced view for some time now. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I think they misread that. And that I think Yang's tweet would have been fine five years ago. Because I think five years ago, people were like, oh, well, if you're pro-Israel, if you're pro-Netanyahu, pro-Likud, pro-anti-Palestine, then you're pro, you're you're a good person. Mm-hmm. And I think now we're like, wait a minute, you could be a good person. You don't, you, just because you're not uh, for like the most conservative Israeli policies doesn't mean you're, you're anti-Semitic. In fact, I mean, I find it amazing because I, I happen to know uh, many Israelis who always ask me, like, why is America always supporting the Likud party? Mm. If you're pro-Israel, you need to understand that half of the Israelis hate Netanyahu. Yeah. And and they want a two-state solution. And they feel like Israel needs to compromise and come up with a long-term sustainable path. So, um, but, you know, I think the, the typical American view is, you just got to be pro-Israel and pro-Israel equals pro-conservative party over there. And, but again, real, I do think this is one of those things where, uh, yes, a good chunk of the Yang gang loves policy nuance and details. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the average American voter really wants to get into the nuances of Israeli politics. I think mm-hmm. the whole idea of, good versus evil there's a black and a white and you pick you go on the right side or the wrong side that appeals to a lot of people it works well in media it allows you to paint your opponent as bad and evil and anti-american which aoc did i mean he opened himself up to aoc saying that he supports killing babies yeah you know and i mean that's even worse than libertarian trojan horse i think right and I don't. I yeah. don't think we should. Un- I don't think we should underestimate how much that sort of thing could hurt him. And I know people are going to say I'm motivated to say this because I don't like 
the left wing of the Democratic Party one bit. But AOC is not a friend of the Yang Gang guys. <laughs> that is not something you say when no. you're somebody's ally. And no. and it's just so hyperbolic and such utter bullshit. <laughs> like, of course, he doesn't support killing babies. Give me a break. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I uh, well, I mean, I think I, I'm kind of um, disappointed in AOC for for saying these things. Yeah. Um, because it, 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 to me, there's only two explanations. It's like, she didn't do her homework and understand, you know, the, the context mm-hmm. or she knows he's, he, he's actually a good person, but she needs to kind of chop him off at the, at the knees to try and help, you know, um, you know, Morales or someone else who, who aligns more with her tribe. Well, I think it's because she actually is a socialist, right? Um, you know, I, I, people, people, actual socialists don't like social democrats, and actual socialists will support social democratic policy um, as a step toward full-on socialism. Um, reg, real, like social democrats who believe that social democrat, demo, social democratic policy is the end goal. They don't much like socialists <laughs> for that reason, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I think that, you know, I think AOC is a, one of those people who we saw attacking Andrew Yang by saying his ideas are too good for capitalism and I want capitalism to fail, right? Like we're either going to get socialism through the government or we're going to bring it about through accelerationism. And Yang's ideas are going to save capitalism in the way that FDR's ideas did. Uh, and we don't want that. We don't want no. that, right? This is late stage capitalism. We're not going to let him turn the clock back on the on the death of capitalism. I think that's what it's about. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I think you're right. I think AOC <laughs> and Yang fundamental. I think Yang fundamentally believes that it's fine for companies to thrive as long as they pay their share, and then part of that money can provide a economic floor for everyone then and i don't think AO, i think aoc just i mean wasn't she opposed to amazon putting an office in new york i think she, uh, when yeah, they were going, yeah. So. yeah so i think she's just she's just very skeptical and suspicious mm-hmm. of of corporations in general mm-hmm. and um you know and definitely the notion the notion of basic income trading trading a dollar for a government program to put into ba- in, into basic income i think is a is a no-go for her i think okay so I, we definitely yeah. outlined a, a pretty big uh, faux pas of his i mean no. it's not really related to the being mayor of new york per se um was he asked that in an interview or did he just volunteer this opinion about foreign policy i, I think I, it was vol- i i that, i think it's an even bigger was- mistake right <laughs> i think yeah. that's not great that's not great. Okay, so Tom, what can he do to turn it around? He he could still win this thing. So everybody go out, phone bank, donate money to Yang, give twice what you gave when he was running for president because this time he has a real chance of winning, right? Um and if he becomes mayor, then we you know, Yang 2028 is entirely possible, right? I know that feels like a long game, but you know what's longer is never getting a UBI. That's a lot longer. <laughs> So yeah. volunteer for this guy, phone bank, text bank, and send him money for love of God. This is 
this is uh make it or break it guys yeah i think uh i think we have a few weeks you know it's it's gonna be on june 22nd i mean that's that's just like 17 days from now so it's about two weeks to turn things around it's not like he's in last place he's basically mm. tied for first yeah now i think um I also, I think I donated for the third time uh, last week or a couple weeks ago, maybe about 10 days ago. And I gave, I gave till it kind of, I even, I had to kind of think twice. I was like, oh my God, is my wife going to be pissed when she sees this on the <laughs> Is this, this mean we're going to have to eat out a little bit less yeah, for the next month? I, this, uh, yeah, it, it affected our travel planning. Let's put it that way. So, yeah. um, but you know, my view was if you believe in this man, and you want him to have a long-term future, and you believe that basic in he is he is the closest thing we have to getting basic income pilots at scale, mm -hmm. then this next few weeks could be a game changer. And it might be a one-way door yeah. in that uh, the loss in the presiden presidential and then what will be talked about as the loss of a huge lead in the mayoral. Mm -hmm will be difficult to recover from. It won't be impossible, but it will set us back probably 10 years. So, um, you know, I definitely would encourage everybody to um, donate and um, text bank. And the, 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 we have the nerds uh, short link for, for donating, tinyurl.com slash nerds-nyc in the banner below. Um, and we're going to get Andrew on the show. He agreed to come on after <laughs> i think understandably he's a little busy yeah he's a little busy we don't have the big audience and mm -hmm. i think he knows i'm not just gonna ask him like the obvious like we're gonna want to get into stuff <laughs> and uh who knows i'm definitely not gonna ask him about foreign policy i would do not do that to him so <laughs> any rate um so we'll we'll see where that maybe maybe I would ask about foreign policy. I don't know. Um, maybe just like you regret making the comment. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be. I would. I would love off camera to be like, seriously, man. Like, how do we? Like, how are? How do we have a more nuanced approach to Israel? Because mm. the current one is not working. You know. Yeah. Um. Any rate. Uh. So I think the other thing I think will be crucial. And this is for all of the people who have friends and family who are Asian American in New York who historically have not voted yeah. and not engaged. They need to turn out. And if they do, and they turn out in uh, unusual numbers, mm -hmm. it will he will win. If everybody acts as they are projected to in the polls, but the Asian American New York residents kind of come out twice as much as they usually do, which is not a lot. Mm -hmm. It it could be a game changer. Um, and as an Asian American guys, like we've never had an Asian American mayor of New York city. Uh, San Francisco has had an Asian American mayor. We're very proud of that. But um, you know, most cities have not. Yeah. And let me show you one interesting statistic. And I, uh, if you look at how representative um, Asian Americans are in politics versus in the population, they are the least represented group 
relative to their percent of the population. Latinx is also underrepresented. Yeah, uh, whites and, are overrepresented. And it's but, a small percentage of the population to begin with. So it's yeah. Really so it's basically like no one elected as Asian American. Like when yeah. was the last time you saw an Asian American dude in the Senate? I don't know. Yeah. It's wild. Maybe Hawaii or something. But um, so th so this is not only an opportunity for basic income. This is an opportunity for um, truly kind of more diverse and inclusive representation. This is an opportunity for probably one of the smartest, like highest IQ people that I've seen run in a while. Yeah. Um, and and it's an opportunity to help our greatest city, our largest city in this country, recover in a way and come back stronger and better than ever. Mm -hmm. Um, and then that leads us to lots of exciting things down the road if if Yang chooses to uh, try and play a bigger uh, role nationally. So yeah, we, I think everybody should dig in. Like as an example, I freaking do not, I'm an introvert. So the notion of phone banking, not pleasure for me, but I am going to do it this weekend, you know, in addition to making content like this, yeah, because I feel like, man, if this bro loses, and I just wrote some checks and did some live streams, but I knew that phone banking and text banking could help. Yeah. And I didn't do it. I, I'll feel terrible. So I hope everybody listening, like do what you can, even if it's just like an hour, yeah. do what you can, because the next 17 days could uh, change the course of history. Yeah, they really could. They really, really could. And, um, Maybe this is an unfair question, but is there anything that Yang himself could do or that his campaign could do to turn things around this late in the game? Or is it just up to us at this point? I mean, because uh, us stepping up is not optional, right? Yeah. You can't put it all yeah. on Yang. But I'm just wondering, what do you think? What do you, what do you think? Like, because, you know, if he, he might listen to this. What do we think he should do, if anything? You know, it's a great question. The first thing that came to my mind was... He's being positioned as this sort of clownish figure mm. that isn't really serious, that's kind of always joking about things. So I would love to see the next few weeks. I, I appreciate already that people will disagree with me, but I will like I would like to see a more buttoned up serious Yang. Mm. And um because we all know that he's fun and he's he's spontaneous and he he's got a great sense of humor. But that's for the undecideds or for the people not sure if they should put him number two. Yeah. I think he has to kind of convince them that um, this isn't like he, he's not the paperboy prince, yeah. uh, an Asian paperboy prince. That is not him. Well, think of it like if, you, if you're, you know, um, applying for a job uh, with the level of responsibility and power that the mayor of yeah. New York has, would you go into a job interview cracking jokes, et cetera? I mean, yeah, yeah. maybe a little bit you would, uh, you would want to make people like you as a person because people like to work with people who they like. Mm -hmm, right. Mm -hmm. But you would definitely be cautious about it, you know, cause like one of the, one of the problems with um, one of the reasons I think that the democratic establishment and the media haven't responded better to him. Let's put it in, in perspective though. I think overall it's gotten better. <laughs> Yeah, 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 out sure. really way bad, better. Really yeah, bad. yeah, yeah, yeah. Don Yang, right? Started yeah. out, you couldn't have, couldn't gotten worse. It's yeah, I wouldn't bad. even mention him. 
Yeah, but part part of the reason that they're responding the way they are is because we are in a moment th- where the culture wars define um, partisan politics in a big way. And Yang is a guy who has more of a traditionally liberal perspective on issues and is okay with, he still has a sense of humor. And so I think how Bill Maher might put it, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. He hasn't allowed political correctness to completely castrate his sense of humor yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think regular Americans like that. But again, would you make jokes that could, or laugh at jokes that could be perceived in that way, applying for that level of a job? Probably not. You would be really careful, you know? So I, I, don't get me wrong. I'm not implying that Yang's on the wrong side of the culture war. I think he's on the right side. I think he's just, he had, you know, he's, he's, he's an affable, nice, normal guy. Uh, he's really not that much of a politician, which is something that a lot of people respond well to in politics and it's particularly in America. Um, but yeah, no, I agree with you. That seems like something. I love that answer. I absolutely agree. Button up, show that you're serious, that you understand that this is a very serious job mm-hmm. that involves a lot of decisions that are not as exciting as the stuff that we like to talk about, like UBI and so forth. That's just, you know, that's just one thing. You got to keep the trains going on time, as they say. Totally. So I, I think if he, I hate to say it, but maybe even if there's an event or two where he is wearing uh, a tie or yeah. he is sitting, you know, talking to other serious looking people about serious problems and he isn't just like, you know, on a skateboard or, yeah. or, or, you know, shooting pictures of like amazing food, which I, I love as well. But I think now it's a time to really, yeah, no, like, why can't, like why can't you, you, why can't you be the kind of person who wears a tie when it's appropriate and also rides a skateboard? You know, we know, we yeah, know yeah. He, it, he is that person. So I think you're right. I think he needs to show us that serious side a bit more. And if you, if you look at the way that he created this incredibly thoughtful platform for his presidential campaign, and he's done so as well running for mayor, I mean, this is a guy who thinks about systems and how they work and how to reform them so they work mm-hmm. better. He would be mm-hmm. a terrific mayor. But yeah, I think you just need to signal to people the outside needs to show the seriousness that's inside him. Because inside, I think he's a deeply serious person when it, when it counts. Yeah, 100%. Right on. Well, with that, we'll say goodbye, nerds. Moving forward is our gumbo. Thanks, everybody, for uh, joining us for this great conversation with Rio and myself. Uh, It was a great privilege to be a guest co-host on uh, the Moving Forward pod. If you are interested in getting more of these conversations, because they are important to have, um, please check out movingforwardpod.com. Go ahead and subscribe and support this content because these types of conversations uh, are all too rare 